Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast. Here's your host, Joe Vaklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast. Today, we're going to touch on probably what everybody's doing this time of year. Everybody who's listening to this podcast anyways, you are going to grain marketing meetings or grain market meetings or grain market outlooks. Uh, They take different names, I guess, but there's... A lot of them out there, and it seems like everybody is attending them this time of year. These are meetings that are put on by everybody, people like myself who may be in the commodity brokerage business or in the consulting business. You've got banks putting on these sorts of meetings, local radio stations, uh, some of the bigger companies out there, some of the, the, the companies that have tons of money are putting these things on. But in all instances... Uh, you've got a meeting where you've got a group of farmers, people involved in agriculture, uh, sitting in a room and listening to somebody talk about the markets. And I've uh, seen a lot of these in my time. Uh, I've had some great experiences at meetings. I've had some very bad ones. Um, I've been involved in a lot of meetings. I've I've been a guest at a lot of meetings. And um, I guess what I want to do with this particular episode is kind of address uh, what's going on out there, what's good, what's bad, uh, what you should pay attention to, what you should not pay attention to. Just be aware that there's a few different versions of this stuff out there. I want to start off with the comparison. This is an analogy that I'm going to use for this. Um, favorite thing to do is bass fishing. I love fishing. I live outside of Nashville about half an hour. There's there's more fishing down here than I even know what to do with. We can fish year-round. It never freezes. Um uh, I fish in a club, we fish tournaments. My favorite thing to watch on TV, my wife thinks I'm a crazy person, is YouTube videos on how to catch more bass. What I found over the last several years, since this has become a bigger thing, and, and you wouldn't believe how big of a thing bass fishing on YouTube is, but it is very big. There are three different types of videos. I've narrowed them down to three categories, and usually within the first minute, I can tell you which category the particular video falls in. The first type of video is what I'd call this. uh, Catchy title, no substance. You'll get something with a crazy title in all caps, I caught the biggest bass of my life and you wouldn't believe what happened after that or or something along those lines. I can tell before I even click on that deal that it's probably not going to do me any good. It's probably going to be a long, drawn-out video. And uh, the guy's obviously on there. He's trying to get a bunch of views, trying to draw a bunch of attention. doesn't really have much substance behind it. The second type of video is what I would call the obvious sales pitch. The obvious sales pitch might have a, a, a title that is is not crazy. Um, catch more bass in the wintertime. Okay, maybe I'm interested in that. 
and then the entirety of the video is name dropping different brands, different items to be purchased, uh, maybe a boat, maybe an engine, maybe a rain jacket, uh, whatever it is. But at the end of the video, what you find out is that you've learned very little except for that this particular guy in the video, he's sponsored by, you know exactly who he's sponsored by, by the end of the video. So does that really do me any good? No, it does not. The third type of video is the one that I am interested in, and they're difficult to find. There's actually not very many of them. And these videos I would describe as videos that can fundamentally improve my fishing. And there are... Uh, there's a few uh, subscriptions that I have that that uh, fall in, in that category, and it's it's maybe an instructor in the video who who is running through uh, different conditions, uh, maybe shows a map of a lake with different areas and why he's targeting those areas in that time of year, discusses water temperature, discusses um, the particular pattern that he may be trying to identify that that the fish are following. That stuff can really actually help me to become better at what I'm doing. So when I go to grain marketing meetings, and and what I've seen here is that they fall into three very similar categories. And I'll get a little bit more specific about the three categories. Um, I'm going to start off with what I believe is the very, very worst type of presentation that you could see at one of those meetings. Um, I will go out on a limb and say that the worst thing you can see is a long-term weather forecast paired with a price projection. If that's what you see at a meeting, get up and walk away. I don't know that I've ever seen any of these sort of things be accurate. There was a situation several years ago where a weather forecaster, uh, did the tour around the corn belt touting i don't remember what the number was six dollar corn seven dollar corn whatever it was because we were going to have a drought that summer and this was you know the meetings were in january february march did the drought ever come to fruition no did the big massive crazy price projection ever come to fruition absolutely not um first off i mean the problem first off is that you've got a weather a weather guy meteorologist projecting prices they have no business projecting prices in my opinion unless unless they're somehow an expert in both fields and it didn't even sound to me like maybe a lot of these guys are even experts in in either field but in any case when you get i think that that is is the very uh low rung on the ladder here would be a crazy weather forecast or an off-the-wall or totally abnormal weather forecast paired with a price projection. I think that would be the worst thing that you could see at one of these meetings. Now, maybe on that same note, and maybe not far above that, would just be uh, price projections in particular and 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 crazy, you know, kind of off-the-wall price projections at that. If you've got somebody telling you, Corn's going to five dollars this summer. I just I have this feeling. I have a hunch. I've got a cycle. I've got a, a a pattern. Whatever it is, I mean, nobody can predict these markets. Nobody can. And if they can, they're not sitting in a room full of farmers in Iowa 
talking about it. That's one thing that's for certain. I don't know that that's anything that's really going to serve you well. So when you hear somebody talking about a, a price prediction, a, a crazy idea of of where prices might be, and it's a dollar, two dollar move in corn, a three or four dollar move in, in soybeans, I'm not saying that they're totally wrong because um, you know broken clocks right twice a day, they could be right, but uh, it's not really based on on anything, and I think that's something that's best avoided. You've got opinions that are based on very few or minimal facts that are often presented. And what I like to see, if, if I'm going to see somebody predict prices, which is not what I like to see, but if I, if I want to see that or if I'm going to see that, I'd like to see it at least justified. I'd like to see some really good reasoning behind it that, one, does not involve a long-term weather forecast, and, two, has some maybe some precedent for it. Maybe somebody shows me a balance sheet and says, I believe China will buy this many more soybeans, thereby reducing the carryout by this much. And, you know, the last time we had a stocks-to-use ratio or carryout like that, we saw X price. I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world, but I don't think it's the best thing in the world. Um, I, I'm just saying that if I'm, if I'm going to see price projections, I want to see, see facts behind the price projections. At least tell me what you're, what you're working with here other than, a crazy weather forecast and and as far as from what i can tell i mean weather forecasters have a tough time telling me what it's going to do next week i don't i've always thought that i've never had any confidence in any weather forecast that's more than oh i don't know two three weeks out that's what the market tends to trade for the most part is that you know seven to ten six you know maybe that eight to fourteen day is about as far as the market typically trades so I don't know that uh, anything past that can be reliable uh, in, in by any stretch. I think that the, um, the last thing I'm going to put in this very worst category of presentations or marketing meetings would be uh, crazy theories. And I've heard some really crazy ones. I don't, I'm not really here to badmouth anybody. It's not never had any luck doing that that's not going to treat me good but if you have some crazy theory about the calendar year or the full moon or the voice from the tomb or anything along those lines um that is not going to suit anybody well that's that's entertainment value at the very best at the very worst you'll get a few guys in the audience to buy into it and it'll end up costing them real money, which is, is really the worst thing about this first category. The the very worst, very most dangerous type of, of presentation is that these things can cost people real money. The example that I alluded to earlier, the, the big drought prediction from a few years ago, which, which uh, was very wrong was that that prediction cost people real money there were people who bought into that deal for whatever reason and didn't sell the crop were betting on this drought and it failed miserably it it blew up in their face and that's the dangerous thing about it that's why this is the worst kind that's why this is the worst kind that's why i've got this first category of worst because it costs people real money real farmers making real marketing decisions. It costs these guys real money. So 
Yeah, that's the worst kind. Now, I've got my second category here is kind of um, in the okay category. Probably won't get you hurt, but maybe isn't going to help you a whole lot either. And this is the stuff that I consider to be, I don't know if I'm going to call it boring, but it's it's boring to me because I've heard it so many times and because this is what I do all day. Maybe it's a little bit more exciting to those in attendance, but you know, excessive dissection of the balance sheets. Every balance sheet. U.S. soybeans, global soybeans, U.S. corn, global corn, U.S. wheat, global wheat. Start to get into the three classes of wheat. I'll start to get into very specific items like the pace of ethanol production or ethanol margin, soybean crush. Um, all the different possibilities, things that are possible on the balance sheets. It's all good stuff. It's it's not dangerous. It's good to know. Um is it going to really help you to be a better grain marketer? No, probably not. It probably won't. Um, but I do think it's good to at least have your head wrapped around those ideas, have your head wrapped around what the government has said, um, how they've said it, what they've done in the past. Um, I think that stuff regarding past data and its potential implications on the future of the market it could be potentially useful. Um, one example of this would be, say, the corn versus soybean price ratio. If I'm in a meeting and somebody uh, pulls up a chart and say, here's the price ratio historically, and here's what that leads to historically in regard to acreage rotation. I, I'd be interested in that. That's that's data that's based on, on you know, fact essentially in the past, and it it's probably going to have at least some implication on, on the future. So if somebody presents me with something along those lines, um, I'm probably okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think it's going to hurt anybody too much. I think it'll give somebody kind of a, a lay of the land as to what's possible in terms of an acreage rotation. And we've got to start somewhere with these balance sheets. So I don't think that that's all bad necessarily. Um, I think stuff with uh, USDA methodology is really good. Um, if an analyst or, or a presenter uh, starts to discuss USDA methodology and why why they may make an adjustment in a forthcoming report uh, based on what they've done in the past. The USDA methodology tends to be pretty similar from year to year, and, and they'll let you know when they make adjustments in their methodology. So I think I'm okay with that, too. Um, the problem with this, with this kind of what I'd call the okay, won't hurt you type presentation is that they can get really repetitive. And maybe that's just for me. Maybe that's just for me because I see so much of this stuff and I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm looking at balance sheets and, and dissecting USDA reports. Um, for me, personally, and, and I'm not in the same category as a farmer. I sit here and look at markets and, and marketing all day long. Uh, for me, it gets repetitive. But maybe a farmer sees that three or four times throughout the winter and maybe it's not necessarily repetitive. Maybe it's enough to 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 kind of drill in their head the 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 lay of the land the landscape the 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 environment that we sit in in terms of supply and demand now we go on to the third type of grain marketing meeting which i would say is the best type of grain marketing meeting and there are some good there are some marketing meetings that i feel like people leave and they think you know what i think this maybe Maybe this has helped me to become a better grain marketer. And I think that these are some of the features. So 
best practices in regard to marketing. In my experience, the same group of farmers, the same group of people that I I talk to are more successful than others year after year after year after year. And it's not because they predict the markets better. It's not, I don't think, because they're any smarter. I think it's just because they have implemented some very good practices when it comes to marketing. And what what are good practices? What constitutes a good practice? I think just the fundamentals of grain marketing. If you get if you get a presenter who starts talking about profitability, um, margins, um, return on investment, those are the best type of, of things that I believe can be discussed in a meeting. That's your world. The the board of trade, the USDA balance sheets, that affects your world, but your world is your on-farm margin, your profitability, your operating margins. There's some groups out there, a um, whole bunch of them, that uh, are offering different sorts of spreadsheets, balance sheets, software programs, um, things that will help you to essentially identify your bottom line and identify marketing opportunities based on based on profitability and that stuff is fantastic that's when it comes to grain marketing that and making money and the business side of this that's the only thing that matters somebody's price prediction doesn't matter to you it doesn't really affect you at the end of the day and it's most of them aren't going to be correct to begin with um i don't think that the usda balance sheets directly affect you i mean they affect the markets which affect you but the only thing that really matters to you is your little spreadsheet which has your numbers on it and i think that the people who emphasize that that's some of the best stuff out there now there are other fundamental stuff factors that should be presented here also like different concepts uh selling carry what is carry how do you sell it how do you take advantage of it it's an excellent concept that should be covered in any grain marketing meeting that that seeks to really improve a farmer's understanding. Spread behavior. How do spreads behave? Why do they behave the way that they do? Um, What type of market bull spreads? What type of market bear spreads? What is a bull spread? What is a bear spread? Um, Why can a market bear spread so far, but it can bull spread infinitely? Um, When to use a hedge to arrive contract. When to use a basis contract. When to use a cash contract. Um, I think that there should be some discussion of more exotic marketing contracts. I know so many farmers who are involved in accumulators and uh, all sorts of of double-up strategies and and, um, more exotic contracts, but they don't understand them. So if you're involved in that or if you're doing a marketing meeting, I think that that should be discussed. What's the good? Why? Why would a guy do this? Why would a guy not do this? What are the What are the the benefits? What are the the downsides here? Um, I think discipline is a big thing that should be discussed. I think there should be a part of of a grain marketing meeting that's almost like almost like the equivalent of a motivational speech. You know, you hear people that say, oh, "I'm just not a good grain marketer." just not a good grain marketer, but doing it for 30 years, I'm just not good at it. I think that 
everybody can be everybody can be a better marketer but discipline is is a big part of it and and how do you get that discipline how do you get the right attitude um it probably takes a little bit of work it probably takes it probably takes the right person or group of people to steer you in that direction um some of the things that i like to focus on in in my meetings when it comes to to the discipline side of it i talk about headlines and chatter and why they need to largely be ignored because your best marketing opportunities in the vast majority of situations are going to come when the talk is as bullish as you've seen it. Um, this past summer, this past spring summer was a fantastic example that all the talk was bullish. Oh, we're never going to get this crop planted. How could we possibly produce a crop this year? And that was a high of the market. That was the high of the market. That was the best marketing opportunity that there was. And I'm not going to, to, to tell you and, and sit here and say that it was super easy to make marketing decisions at that time because it was not. It, it was not because a lot of farmers didn't know what they were going to have. But it's, it's, it's an example of a market essentially putting in the top on extremely friendly news or chatter, uh, sentiment, rhetoric, whatever you want to call it. You get to a lot of people have to get through that, and I think that that's that's the reason a lot of times when uh, guys miss out on on what are good marketing opportunities is is just the chatter, so much out there, so much information. I think the flow of information, information overload these days, is a big problem. And here I am putting out a brand new podcast, more information overload for you. I hope that this. I hope it serves you well. I understand there's too much information out there. I'm, I hope I'm putting out good information. Um, attitudes can be a big thing. If you if you feel like you're going to be a bad grain marketer, if you're you've already resorted yourself to the fact or the idea, the notion that you're not a good marketer and you're not going to be a good marketer, uh, you probably won't be. You probably won't be. If you change your attitude up a little bit and say, you know what, I'm going to start selling when the market's up and try to avoid it when the market's down and, and at least make an attempt to to improve some of your decision making. Um, you can change that. You can you can you can be a guy who's been a bad marketer for years and years and years and, and change your your ball game around. I think just based purely on attitude. One thing that I like to tell people, I I really wish that in a lot of situations that a farmer, a marketer only had a chart to look at and didn't have the news or the commentary or the headlines. If you only had a chart to look at and you only had your your software, your spreadsheet, whatever, and it could be, I have farmers that use spreadsheets with two or three columns and I have farmers that track every single input cost that they have. But in any case, if you were to just narrow it down and look at those two things, You'd be a better marketer in in a lot of situations, I believe, because you'd you'd ignore the noise, and the noise can be a big problem. So what I've done in recent years with my grain marketing meetings, and and this winter I'll be traveling, talking to farm groups about grain marketing, about the grain markets. I try to spend a lot of time on the discipline side of it. Um, not only best practices, which go back to the the you know fundamentals of grain marketing I discussed. Let's talk about selling carry. Let's talk about how spreads behave. Let's talk about the different types of contracts. Um, talk about the di- uh, talk about the discipline factor here. Talk about how headlines are 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 largely useless. 
if they're useful in any way, it's it's by going the other way. When when things look extremely bullish, when everybody's bullish, everything you read's bullish. That's maybe that's time to sell a little bit. When everything's really bearish, you want to throw in the towel, be done. <laughs> that's a time to sit on your hands and 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 kind of bite the bullet and wait it out. Um, but I talk a lot about that, and and do I touch on balance sheets and and that sort of thing? I do, but not a lot of time. I don't spend a lot of time on that. I know that everybody's spending a lot of time on that. It's almost like I've tried to turn the meetings into more, okay, let's talk about the business side. Let's talk about actual dollars. Let's talk about profitability. Let's talk about margins. And then let's talk about some attitude adjustments, some motivational type stuff. You know, you can be a better marketer. I've seen it happen. I've seen people go from being terrible marketers to being much better marketers. But it it does take... I think a shift in attitude, certainly. I think it takes a shift in attitude. So when I go out to my meetings this winter, I know what I'll be doing. If you'd like to host a grain marketing meeting, and this is my podcast, if I want to do a shameless advertisement, I'll do it. Shoot me an email, info at standardgrain.com. I'd love to come talk to your farm group. You got a group of five guys, I'll be there. And uh, you got a group of 200 guys, I'll be there. Um Go to my website. Go to standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan. I do a subscription service. Check that out. You're interested in what I do? That's what I do. I just told you what I do. But be careful this this season when you go to these meetings. Be careful. Be, be aware that there's some dangerous stuff out there that can cost you money. Be aware that there's some great stuff out there that can really help you to improve your business. And that's what, that's what it is. This is the business... It's a business. You're the boss. I'm not the boss. The banker's not the boss. You're the boss. You make the decisions. You take the risk. We're just here to to work for you, essentially. So keep that in mind. That's that's one of my big talking points when I've in, in a lot of recent presentations that I've given to farm groups. That you know what? A lot of, a lot of times you forget that you get so many phone calls, so many different people telling you, oh, you got to pay pay your loan off by this time and You've got to set your uh, futures price by this time, but you're the boss at the end of the day. You make the decisions. Keep that in mind. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back with another episode very soon. Uh, Thanks for listening. Catch you later.